Amen. Good morning. Good morning, New City Church. After that, I expect nothing less than when I ask the question, how are we doing that it's a rounding whoop whoop. Oh, uh, nice. Very nice. Guys, thank you very much. Awesome. Beautiful. Beautiful stuff. Beautiful stuff. All right. You're beautiful, too. You're beautiful, too. All right. Good morning. How's everybody doing? All right. All right. Good, good. Guys, I'm Casey. I'm one of the pastors serving here with you. Uh, here at New City Church, welcome everybody. It has been, first service was a lot of energy, second service a lot of energy. I'm looking forward to third, is third time going to be a charm this week? Yeah. I think so, I think so too, so man, it's going to be good stuff. Hey, I got a, a story to tell you guys about that I heard in the first service about the question mark sticker. If you don't know Jim Harris, Jim Harris is one of the guys that works with our uh, middle school youth. And uh, by the way, we've got a, a, a fairly new youth ministry that started in February. If you are interested, if you have kids that are that age, middle school, high school, we have that. Also, we have obviously our, uh, our uh, kid city downstairs. Um, and yes, ma'am. Oh, I thought you were raising your hand. I thought, oh, you're praising the Lord. I love it, man. That's cool. That's very cool. All right. So, you know, I, I have, uh, I get distracted really easy, just letting everybody know. So it's kind of, but uh, oh, we were talking about the question mark sticklers. Uh, Jim Harris, he's got this bad hot rod. It's a 90 or 60, 66 Ford Fairlane. He put a question mark on his, uh, Sticker, by the way, this is the question of will it be us? And whenever you see the question mark, I'm asking everybody to, to be reminded that God has asked us to be on mission for him. And so will it be us is the, is the question. My prayer is that the answer is affirmative, obviously. But he had the question mark on his, stick, on his uh, Ford Fairlane hot rod. And some guy, and this, I'm going to quote what Jim said this morning because he didn't want to cuss in church. And he said, What's an MFN question mark doing on a hot rod, right? <laughs> and so Jim gives him like the, he doesn't just say, oh, this is one of those things our church is doing. He says, actually, God is asking us the question, will it be us that goes and reaches people for him? And actually I was able to witness to him for about three or four minutes, man. Great response the guy had. He goes, oh. <laughs> but planted the seed right so if you're ready to have questions asked about what's the question mark about put that on your car but be warned right like you may hear cuss words and everything uh it's kind of one of those deals so but uh guys good morning this morning it's been fantastic it's been a lot of fun a lot of energy this morning been a lot of a lot of folks beautiful freaking worship today man there's something special going on at this at our church amen like god is just trusting us with more and more folks um, by the way, do want to let you guys know there is a new cast on Terry's foot, so therefore we have a new signing station. She has a pen ready and everything, so in the middle of the service, if you want to get up and just go sign, cool, no cuss words in church, you wait till you go out in the parking lot, I guess, but um, a lot of cussing going on this morning, I don't know, at least talking about cussing, uh, but man, if you guys don't know our story, we are we got a lot of new people in, this, in, the, in the house, a lot of new baptisms that have gone on, we've had actually... Almost 80 people get baptized since we've been a church in the last two and a half years. Um, beautiful stuff. And so with that, we've got a lot of new people that may not know the, the history of what has gone on here at New City Church. And I want to kind of jump back and just kind of talk a little bit about that. Back in 2014, the church had died to about seven people. And many of, the, many of you that knew the church before, uh, we were a New City Church here at this property knew that there was a reputation in town that the church really wasn't very instrumental in anything. It wasn't very effective. It wasn't really anything going on. 
and those who are still with us that were part of that church. As a matter of fact, all of them that were those seven people, except for a couple that moved to Texas, are still with us. Uh, one of those people is Mama Helen Ballard, who was here for 33 years and prayed almost, well, I would say probably prayed daily for God to do something on this property, and he has. That being said, thank you for your perseverance. Thank you for your prayers. Thank you, Mama Helen. And today is your birthday. And you know what we do when it's your birthday? We're going to party for sure. But we're going to sing happy birthday. Happy birthday. Shout out you guys up here. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, Mama Helen. Yes, yes. Mama Helen watched the church essentially die, and here's what happened. When uh, New City Church started in Shawnee, a campus there, we, um, it just went gangbusters. It's one of the reasons I felt called to plant a church. I figured I was going to do one in my basement. I didn't know what the heck to do, so I went and talked to some people. Hey, do I need to sign some paperwork or something? They're like, hey, go see this place in New City called New City Church in Shawnee. Uh, they've been open about a year and just the, the, just blown up like a like a rocket. It's been great. And so they really love to reach the community, love to disciple people. So I went and uh, and started, you know, just seriously went up to the people at the welcome desk. I'm like, uh, somebody sent me here because they want to plant a church. They're like, oh, all right, come on in, you know. So they brought us in and everything, loved on us and all that kind of stuff. And within about a year, Edgerton Southern Baptist, which used to be here, called New City Church in Shawnee and said, would you come help us? We're probably going to close our doors very, very soon. And so what we did was we met with uh, folks that were here at, the, here at the church. They came to the church in Shawnee, and the folks that visited the church in Shawnee uh, came back to us and said, okay, here's the deal. Don't like your music. Don't like the fact that the pastor wears jeans. Don't like that you say uh, cool and dude and all that kind of stuff from the stage. But here's what we do love. The Holy Spirit is alive. People are getting saved. And people and, the, and they're being discipled. Can we do that in Edgerton? They said, absolutely. So that's how we started. Guys, we are approaching 300 people now in the church. Which is awesome, right? Which is awesome. It's great. It's not just about Sunday morning numbers. We are about reaching the lost and being on mission. Absolutely. We've had those 80 baptisms. We've had now 55 people in our congregation at this campus going through what's what we call brown to green discipleship which is an, which is an intense discipleship uh, process we've seen disciples made we've watched lives and marriages transformed and we've it's been an awesome fantastic ride a couple of weeks ago i sent a message out to the staff i said did you see this like i, like I look at the numbers year to year and the same week a couple of weeks ago anyway the same week on sunday or that week we had 140 folks, which was an awesome thing a year ago. This year, same week, we had 264. Like, that's that's 87% increase from year to year, right? Ridiculous. I mean, it's ridiculous. Like, like, that just doesn't happen. And I sincerely believe it is because God is trusting us because we are ready, and we're going to continue getting ready more and more and more. Because people are coming, it is going to continue to grow unless we do something stupid, right? Here's the deal. One of the reasons that I want to honor folks this morning is because how many of us 
got saved because we were at a Sunday morning service and heard a message or were greeted by people and we were saved at a Sunday morning service. How many people were, like fall into that category? How many people were saved at a church camp? Church camp, okay. How many were saved at, by just talking to a neighbor, that kind of thing? Right, just talk, okay, cool, awesome. So what are other ways that we're saved? <laughs> How, what are other ways that are saved? Somebody talk to me. How are the ways where, where somebody saved in, like, if you didn't talk to a friend and didn't go to church camp and didn't go to church on Sunday, what other thing is there? What? Family. Got it. Youth group. Got it. Yeah, okay. So, yeah. So, church during the week. Okay, I'm sorry. Not just Sunday morning, but church, youth group, church services during the week. I'm sorry. Thank you. Absolutely. So, what's that? What? Parents, mom and dad. Awesome. Yeah. So, family. Absolutely. But here's the deal, man. It's like, like. Sunday morning, as much as I would love for us to be missional, and we are missional, we are a church that is on mission, and I want us to say this, not just about Sunday morning, we're going to get outside the four walls, as a matter of fact, today, we're going to be going to a, a group of people, uh, that a, a family down on 100, 109 East 5th Street, is that the right address, I think I sent it out on email this morning, um, 109 East 5th Street, and we're going to be going to help those folks, uh, that lost everything in the flood this uh, this past week. By the way, did you know we hit almost a thousand year flood levels here in Edgerton just this past week? We got flooded in our basement where Kids City is. For the most part, everything is completely dry now and doesn't smell or nothing like that. So it's real cool. We got some we got kids in some rooms that are that are totally dry. Somebody tell, told me this morning there was a little bit of a strip that's still a little bit wet. But for the most part, we've got everything taken. Thank you guys for serving and doing those. Those kinds of things. So um, here's what I want to do. I want to, like those of us that work on Sunday morning, because Sunday morning and the services we have during the week are important, aren't they? Let me ask that again, because you know I love answers when I ask questions. Sunday morning and the services we have here at this church building are important, aren't they? Yes, they are. Yes, they are. This is the thing I want us to be thinking about, that 40%, like we talk about this a lot, 60% of people in our culture will never come to church on Sunday or never come step foot into a church for a service or anything like that. And so we definitely want to reach those people in any way that we can. We can help start house churches, all those kinds of things, do mission things. We can go and, and do community events, all those kinds of things to help people understand who Jesus really is. But that's still these 40% of people that are still open to being here on Sunday morning, doesn't it? Amen? You're with me. Are you with me, New City? You get that? So what we're going to do is that we have to make sure our Sunday morning services rock, don't we? Has anybody ever been embarrassed? Now, I hope you don't say that here. Has anybody ever been embarrassed to bring somebody to the church that they were attending on Sunday morning? Yes, yes. Like, these services don't suck for a reason. Well, maybe the preaching a little bit. But these services, for the most part, don't suck for a reason, Right? We want people to come and enjoy themselves, hear the gospel in a way that, that, that may transform lives. Amen? So it's important that we do that. It's important that we have our positions covered. And so if you ever, like, you still work in Kid City. Now, you may be working in Kid City downstairs, but if you work in Kid City, would you stand up? Cool, cool. Thank you, thank you. All right. Now. I'm going to have a big ask here. 
<coughs> by the way, I've got somebody throwing stuff, throwing stuff up and down. It, I am, I am an OCD like nobody's business. So if I have somebody throwing stuff up and down, I'm be like, hey, cool, shiny. So I'm gonna ask everybody not to throw stuff. All right, it's okay. You can throw stuff, but just it, it. Yeah, thank you, man. Thank you. But um, so <laughs> sorry. This is the way it goes. If I see somebody raising a hand or hey, what's going on? I'll be you know, all of. So if those folks have just stood up in Kid City. Uh, if you are interested in serving in Kid City, would you go grab one of those folks and say, hey, what do I got to do to get involved? Don't wait to be asked, please. Here's the deal. We've got in Kid City, one person confirmed this week that they're going to work in Kid City for all three services. One person. We have a church with 180 adults every Sunday. We should be two to three people deep in every freaking area amen like we shouldn't be short freaked out now here now don't hear me guilting anybody into go serving in any area i want you to if you need a period of rest please rest if you need a period of like some people are, are suffering from physical ailments do not go to kid city all right okay all right cool hey you gotta got rest a little bit let the let the bones heal for a second but don't worry about that right so so some people but some people got to say, you know what? God's been calling me to go serve. How many people serve as a greeter, an usher in the parking lot or serving coffee? Stand up, please. Stand up. No, nope, no. Nope. You just gave me no excuse. You got it. You got it. Guys, if you're looking to serve. Now, you, you got to get a background check for Kids City. But if you're looking to serve immediately, like today for the third service, maybe. Get with one of these folks that have served in those, in those areas. How about folks in administration, maybe handling finances or handling schedules or handling something like that? Who, who does? I know you do. Rochelle does. you got to stand up, though. Thank you. Everybody say Rochelle. Judy does, too. Judy does. you got to stand up. She's not going to stand up. Look at that. No respect at all. But, I, but here, here's the deal, guys. There are opportunities that people don't even think about. Say, so, you know what? I'm great with different things. I'm great with straightening up. If I showed you this room right here, you'd freak out. You'd be like, oh, my gosh. How does any prayer get involved in it? Right? So those are things like somebody. How many people like to help clean, have help clean up, especially after services? Which are, guys, stand up if you will. I'm going to honor you. What's that? Here. Yeah. Oh, no, no, not at all. Not at all. Anybody help clean? Do maintenance. See, there's a need here, isn't there? Right? Kind of see what I'm saying on this? Guys, I want us to be thinking about what does it look like if we all stepped into the serving on Sunday morning. And again, don't hear me say it's all important on Sunday, but it's very, very important. And of course, we've got different people leading ministries and preaching and teaching in Kid City and on the stage and those kinds of things. And we, as we talked about last week, Oh, we got different apests and gifting. We got teachers teaching and shepherds shepherding and prophets prophesying and evangelists evangelizing and apostles apostolating. Whatever y'all do, I don't know. Whatever you apostles do, I, don't, I have no idea what to say. Is it apostle lighten? I don't know. But, but, but we appreciate it because we need all those things. And we need to have Sunday mornings orderly, covered, stress-free, Right? Because if somebody walks in here, and we're all freaked out, stressed out, because we're the only ones, like, that, that is not a good 
situation for somebody to come into a church. People were going to be like, why would I go to a church that I am feeling all the stress because no, you know what I'm saying? I got to deal with that crap all week. That, catch what I mean on that? Like this would be a refuge of time. Like the, the fun that we have is awesome. The, the great worship we have is awesome. The mediocre preaching is fantastic, sort of. Oh, you're so self-deprecating. But I never want us to get to the point where we have issues covering shifts when it should be two to three deep if we've got 180 folks that are adults that can step into serving. Amen? Here's a situation I want to tell you about that you probably, Judy probably doesn't even know this really bugged me, but Judy was going to start a discipleship group. She was going to start it at the 10 o'clock service. And she couldn't because she heads up first impressions. And it was always short. We are in the business of discipling people, amen? We should never be short. Greeters, ushers, parking lot folks. I know the parking lot folks got to dodge cars and tuck and roll a lot. But we give you orange vests for a reason. But you're the first, you're the first thing people see. And if we can't even cover a, a simple service like that, or if people that are leading others have to step in all the time and do that and not do the things that we're called to do, like disciple people, I'm going to show you biblically why this is important. See, according to Scripture, Jesus, you start filling out your bulletins, Jesus is the groom and the church is the bride. So, serving Mrs. Jesus is a great privilege, Amen. There are several places in Scripture, and I'm going to talk about a few of these here in a second. We're simply serving and obeying the call of the Lord results in God displaying His power in miracles and in people being saved. Here's my question. Do we want to see that stuff? First service, we saw David Eastwood this morning walking without a cane. You guys don't know David, dude? That's a miracle. Here's what he did. Here's what he, he, he goes to Casey, i got to show you something. i got to show you something. So we go out of the lobby and he starts going. I thought he's walking somewhere. So I'm walking with him going, what, what, David? And he turns around and keeps walking. I'm like, dude, you ain't got no cane walking. What the heck? I mean, that's so cool, right? There are several places in Scripture where simply serving and obeying the call of the Lord results in God displaying his power and in miracles and people being saved. For example, John 2. He turns, Jesus turns water into wine. And by the way, before anybody freaks out about, was it really wine? Was it water? Was it grape juice? Was it diluted wine? It was really good wine with alcohol in it. That's not the point. Okay, don't freak out about that stuff, right? The point is that Jesus restored a guy's reputation in the wedding. See, if you don't know, someone who hosts a wedding in that culture that runs out of wine could get sued. Jesus turned the water into wine. It's an awesome thing. But here's the deal about that. Only those serving got to see the miracle. If you go back and read it, it was only those servants that got to see the miracle. The wedding guests had no idea. They just thought there was just some wine coming out. The guy doing the taste testing had no idea. But those, those who served filled up the water jugs, set them down, and boom, they turned into wine. They're like, whoo. Serving. And those who serve get a backstage pass to witness God's power. 
people that are ushering in here, it's like sometimes we'll be talking back there. It's like, man, man, did you see what just happened? Look at what, look at look how wonderful it is. Like you see people's hands up, you see, feel the Holy Spirit. It's like all of a sudden you can sense stuff going on. We've had healings in here, guys. We're not, like, we're not the big show. They, hey, bring up the wheelchair and that kind of thing. But we've had them happen. Guys, when you're serving, you get to hear that stuff. When you, I'm not, you, we, we want people sitting and enjoying themselves. We need some people resting. We need some people worshiping and enjoying themselves. But those who serve, they'll get the people back there. says, my back got healed. Right? It's remarkable. Some of you guys will never hear that, but those who are serving will hear it. It's awesome to see. In Exodus 18, for example, there's some real-life patterns or real biblical patterns that tend to happen when people go into roles and get into roles and serve in different areas and cover different things so that things can happen and God can release his blessings. I, I swear, I swear I, sometimes I think God is like holding, like he's blessed us immensely as a church. And sometimes I think he is waiting on more because he goes, you guys got to get your stuff together. You guys got to like make sure that Kid City's covered. Make sure that nobody is going to be uh, stressed out, freaked out because nobody's covering a position. You got like he's waiting. Listen to why I say that. In Exodus 18, Moses has to have good men start helping him to judge and administer justice to the people. If you don't know the story or the account, uh, Jethro, I always think of the Beverly Hillbillies, thinking about Jethro coming up with a rope belt, coming up to Moses, going, hey, Moses, what are you doing? He says, hey, I'm judging all the people. They come and they, they, I'm the judge of everybody. So nobody was judging but Moses. Now you think about that. All day he was doing nothing but judging. They seemed to be enjoying being the guy that everybody came to. Jethro, his, his father-in-law, said, Moses, what you're doing is not good. What you need to do is assign some of these responsibilities to different people so that you're not going to be freaked out. You're going to be stressed out, dude. You're going to burn out. When he did, as soon as he did, the next two chapters, God brings him up to the mountain and gives him the Ten Commandments. It's almost like, I can't give it to you yet, Moses, until Jethro tells you. And you delegate all this authority. Now you have the time for me to give you what you need for the people. Amen? Pattern after pattern after pattern. Even with Jesus, when he's in Luke 6, starting in verse 12, he's prayed all night. Listen, it says, one of those days, Jesus went out to a mountainside to, to pray. And he spent the night praying to God. And he was praying specifically, God, who do you want me to disciple? Which is why it broke my heart so bad. When somebody couldn't disciple somebody because they had to cover a, a shift. Listen to what he says. Like, like, like He went to a mountainside to pray, spent the night praying to God. When morning came, he called his disciples to him and chose 12 of them whom he also designated apostles. And apostles at that time were somebody who were given a commission, a, a, a mission straight from Jesus himself. Simon whom he named Peter, his brother Andrew, James, John, Philip, Bartholomew, Matthew, Thomas, James, son of Alphaeus, Simon, who was called the Zealous, the Zealot, Judas, son of James, and Judas Iscariot, who became a traitor. <coughs> he went down with them and stood on a level place. Now, he's got his boys together, right? His, his team is in place. Now, he's the son of God. He don't need these guys, does he? 
Think about this. But he has them for a particular reason. He is going to take his team and he's going to train them and teach them what it means to be on mission for the next three to three and a half years. Listen to what happens. A large crowd of his disciples was there and a great number of people from all over Judea, from Jerusalem, and from the coastal region around, somebody help me with this one, is it Tyre? Is it we agreed it's Tyre? Talk to me, church, is that right? Okay, all right, just making sure. And Sidon, who had come near to him and, and to be healed of their diseases, those troubled by impure spirits were cured, and people all tried to touch him because power was coming from him and healing them all. Something happens. My brothers and sisters, when we get our team together, people in the place of, like, like it, they, all of a sudden the Holy Spirit opens up. Can you imagine everybody got healed because the Holy Spirit was that big? Why? Jesus got his team together. God trusted Moses with the Ten Commandments when he got his organization in place. There are important, that's why we have different gifts and leanings and wirings and giftings in the church, church of uh, giftings of leadership, giftings of administration, giftings of mercy, giftings of giving, all those different things. Amen? And when we don't step into those roles of care and teaching and all those things that need to happen, God withholds until we're ready. See, this organization it was practical, and it's organic. How many times have we heard people say, I want the church to be organic. I want it to be just, like it just to happen, right? But church, and the things that we do, must like, like organic doesn't mean unmanaged. Organic doesn't mean wild. Wild is like corn is planted in rows. Organic corn, isn't it? You with me, church? I don't think you're with me today. You with me? Organic, organic corn is planted in rows by somebody on schedule doing, like, right? It's planned. It's managed. Those kinds of things. It's amazing to me how many people will go and buy organic fruit from a store in a package and say, wow, it's organic. And they go, well, I want the church to be wild, meaning they don't want any schedules. They don't want any operations they don't want any management they don't want any organization they really want church in the wild it's not wild it's organic wild is stumbling upon corn in the middle of the forest whoa there's corn that's weird right strange how that happens organic does not mean unscheduled organic does not mean without processes here's my definition of an organic church you guys want to hear it Organic church is a church where systems and people are in place so that God can trust us with his people. Amen? And finally, and I love this, man. And I'm going to end with this. Acts 6, this is the New Testament church. This is post-resurrection Jesus. Starting in verse 1. <laughs> said in those days when the number of disciples was increasing as it is happening in our church amen the hellenistic jews among them complained against the hebraic jews because of their widows were being overlooked in the daily distribution of food food's not spiritual right that, that, that's not a spiritual thing now 
I want you guys to go investigate what Hellenistic and Hebraic Jews are on your own. One of the things I love to say is TGFG. Thank God for Google. You can find out some of that stuff. Amen. I want us to be concentrating on what God says in his word so that we can be obedient to it and learn from what he says. They were being overlooked in the daily distribution of food. That is a seemingly, what most people will say, well, that's not really a spiritual thing, right? That's not really, that's more of a, a secular thing or a worldly thing. It's all spiritual if we're looking at it through God's lens. So the 12 that we just talked about that Jesus gathered, except for Judas who betrayed him and was replaced by somebody else. So the 12 gathered all the disciples together and said it would not be right for us to neglect the ministry of the word of God in order to wait on tables. Now they're not saying that what we do is more important than waiting on tables. They're saying it would be bad for us, just like it was bad for Moses, to do all the stuff and, so that, and, and neglect what God has called us to do. That's why it broke my heart when Judy said she couldn't disciple somebody because she had to cover shifts. We should never have to cover shifts. It should be two to three deep based on the population of what we have. Amen. I'm not guilting you. I'm telling you, if we want to see God's power, let's get ready. Let's do the things that he's called us to do. We should never be shorthanded. So the 12 gathered all the disciples together said it would not be right for us to neglect the ministry of the word of God in order to wait on, on tables. Brothers and sisters, choose seven men from among you who are known to be full of the, What? Spirit and wisdom to wait on tables? Yeah, it's important. We will turn this responsibility over to them. And we'll give our attention to prayer and the ministry of the word. What we do is important and what they do is important. One person just can't do it all. This proposal pleased the whole group. Hallelujah, listen to this. They chose Stephen, and if you want to read on about Stephen in Acts 7 and 8, ooh, that's a bad mamma jammer right there, man. Whew. One of my favorite guys, man. My, one of my heroes. A man full of the faith and of the Holy Spirit. Also, Philip, somebody help me with these, Procurus. Nicanor? Okay. Timon, Parmenas, and Nicholas from Antioch, a convert to Judaism. They presented these men to the apostles who prayed and laid their hands on them to do food. Yes. Yes. To do food too. So, as a result, because they got their stuff together, because they got their organizational needs in place, so the word of God spread and the number of disciples in Jerusalem increased rapidly. See, this, is, this language is as a result of people assigned to do food and distribute something that is considered worldly. So the people that were assigned to spread the good news and teach could do that. People could serve. So the word of God spread and the number of disciples in Jerusalem increased rapidly. Did the number of disciples in Edgerton need to increase rapidly, my brothers and sisters? Yes, they do. And it's going to take us in a lot of ways. It will be God. 
as we step into our roles. And a large number of priests, that's you, people like you and me, you know we're priests, right? Like, wait a minute, wait a minute, some of your Catholic background just flipped out, right? Huh? What? I ain't got no, what, what does the rapper say? Triple E? I ain't got no white collar, he may be a priest though. Word. You know what a priest is? Someone who has direct access to God. We don't need to go to a priest. We is priests. Amen? That hurts a little bit, don't it? That hurts our head a little bit. Nobody ever thought about it like that. Large number of priests, you, me, became obedient disciples of the faith. Look at our graphic there. It takes the city. We got a lot of people doing a lot of different things, right? And it's all important. It's all critical to do. But there are also some people just kind of sitting up there watching everybody. And they may be a, a people that need some rest. I get that. There may be some people that have some church hurts. I, I need that. I, I, I get that. There may be some people that, that, that really just need to, to, to relax and enjoy being part of a fellowship for a season. I get that. But what would concern me is if one person or two people were running around doing all those different things because because we've had a we don't see the big picture of how powerful it is when we step into some roles. If you're interested in Kids City, extremely important, extremely important to start discipling our children now. Put that on your connect card too. Get with one of the people that were stood up there in Kid City. If you're interested in working in the coffee area or dodging cars in the parking lot or ushering or greeting, guys, you could start that next week. If you're interested in worshiping, like being part of the worship team, show up on Thursday night and see what happens. You might need some rhythm to be actual play. That's why they don't let me play anymore since the incident of 14. They don't allow rappers. It hurts. But they say you need to concentrate on what you need to concentrate. You can't do everything right. You can't. Leon can't do everything. Is that what you're saying? Oh, he has. That's right. Dang it. I'm sorry. We have had rappers. Made me a liar. It is fun to be a part of this. And I want us to be a part of this. I want us all to take ownership of this is our house. This is the bride of Christ. This is Mrs. Jesus that we're serving. And so when we serve her, Jesus says, go. And sends his people. And he sent a bunch so far. But those are yesterday's home runs, aren't they? And if there are more people that need to know Jesus, and more people that need to know Jesus, and more people that need to know Jesus, and we're going to go, well, I don't know. Step into it. Try greeting out next week. Put that on your connect card. I'll greet somebody. We're all greeters anyway, right? Amen? Amen? Show up on Thursday night if you're interested in wor- like helping the worship team. And worship is more than music. Right? If you're interested in doing hospital visits and being on the care team and the prayer team, guys, put that on here. Here's our couple right here, Dave and Janice Rawls. 
They'll help you figure that out. If you're interested in teaching, put that on your connect card. Let's figure this out. But let's not give God any reason to hold back people, blessings, whatever it is, because we don't have our organizational stuff made yet. Pray for me this afternoon. I'm actually meeting with a guy that, um, and I don't want to tell you his name yet, um, but he hasn't said yes yet, but he has expressed an interest in doing the maintenance for our building. So far, it's been me and another person just sort of, when things happen, I'll crap. I'll, I'll go pull weeds, right? I'll spray, you know, and that kind of thing. If the building needs to get sprayed down because algae, will, I'll do that, that kind of thing. I'll get a big old whatever. But it's getting to the point now that I'm not able to do that anymore. So pray for me after the third service. I'm going to go meet with him and see, would you own the maintenance here? So far, he said, absolutely, let's go. But these are critically important to the gospel, to the kingdom. Turning screws, that's secular. It's all spiritual. Amen. Father, thank you so much for what you have done in our church, your church, excuse me. This don't belong to me, don't belong to us. We are part of your church, missionaries for you. This is your mission, not ours. Lord, we're just on it with you and following you. Father, may we step into roles that need to be covered. May no one ever have a reason not to disciple somebody because they are covering a shift. That is not who we are, Lord. We love you more than we can tell you, and we serve and we serve you, worship you, and serve your wife, Mrs. Jesus, in any way we can. Father, we love you, and it is in your son's awesome and amazing name. Everybody in the house said, amen.